We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Saturday night after the Wolves won in Miami by nine. Final score, Wolves 113, Heat 104. Man, what a weird game. I mean that in a good way. Jalen Noel was the leading scorer. Cat was in bad foul trouble. The defense was really good. Eight different Wolves players finished in double figures. Malik Beasley had the best plus minus on the team. I mean, those are not... Typical attributes of a Wolves win, but that was the case tonight. And it also didn't look like that was at all going to be the pattern for the game at all early on tonight. The first six minutes were completely the cat and the big three show. Towns had 11 points in the first four minutes, and the first 24 points of the game that the Wolves scored were all scored by either Cat, Ant, or D'Lo. Now, (laughs) how does that happen? And then you have a game where eight Wolves players scored in double figures and the leading score of the game only had 16 points. I don't, I don't know, but, but that's how the game started. Uh, it took that pattern, I think, because six minutes into the game, Cat picked up his third foul again in the first quarter. It was the second night in a row, and the Cat had three fouls in the first. And so at that point in the game, Cat had to check out. The Wolves had a 22-12 to 12 lead at that point. And then it was pretty rough. I mean, for the rest of the half, Miami went on a 55 to 33 run. The Wolves without Cat, like they had to scrape to get their offense to come from somewhere else. And I mean, they did rack up a deficit of 22 points the, the rest of the way there, but it would have been even worse uh, without Jalen Noel and Nas Reed to give the Wolves something in those non cat minutes. Noel had 12 points in the first half. Again, went on to lead the team in scoring tonight. And Nas on the night had 11 points, 10 boards, three steals, and two blocks. I mean, we talked last night about how in a similar game where Cat was in foul trouble, that they needed something from Nas that they didn't come anywhere close to getting. Tonight, they could not afford for Nas to again also get in foul trouble or again play bad, and he didn't. He was super active defensively without fouling, physically impactful on the glass. I mean, it, it, it wasn't just Nas. It wasn't just Jalen. It was it was another one of those games where the whole bench was huge. McLaughlin and Prince, too. I mean, without Cat, they did get a little bit from everyone. 
that's how that's how Chris Finch put it after tonight's game. We've responded well. We've been resilient when we've had uh, you know off performances. Um, really proud of the guys. We challenged them hard this morning. They responded. I think uh, they they owned last night. They wanted to be better today. They knew they had to be better today. Um, you know, Nas was huge for us, just battling his guts out out there against a really, really physical team. Uh, you know, everybody who came in and gave us something. J-Mac, again, was spectacular. Uh, but, yeah, that's, you know, everyone's kind of ready to step up and, and help, and, and that's, that's really fueling us right now. If we had to pick one player that fueled them most tonight of that group, I think it would be Jalen Noel. I mean, 16 points for Noel in 22 minutes was huge. Two for five from three, four of eight from two. Noel is now shooting 45% from three and 65% from two since the All-Star break. He's just consistently showing the ability to be a three-level scorer night in and night out. I mean, it's it's funny watching you know, some of these games at Target Center this week against the Thunder and the Blazers, and I, I found myself thinking about how you know Noel would probably be the second-best player on the current version of the Thunder or the current version of the Blazers. And he's he's the 11th man on the Wolves. But I really think he'd be a 20 points a night guy on Portland or OKC. And I don't know, maybe he wouldn't be the second best player on Orlando, but I think he probably averaged 20 a night for them, too. I, I thought it was Chris Finch had a really interesting answer when he was asked about uh, Noel's performance tonight. Said he was really kicking himself all day today before tonight's game for having not played Noel more in that Orlando game. Here's Finch on Noel. Yeah, you know, I was mad at myself last night. I, I, I didn't play Jalen enough, you know, for especially for a game um, that needed an ISO score. Uh, I just – that was a huge mistake. I, I couldn't get it off my mind all day. I was not going to let it happen again. So, uh, you know, he was huge. You know, kept us really kind of in the game. I mean, we got down big, but in the first half in particular, he kept us in the game within striking distance. And just uh, while we are trying to get to the halftime, I said to the guys on the bench, I was like, let's just get to the halftime where we can regroup because I think the solutions are there to be seen. Um, and the guys did a really good job of coming out and taking full advantage. One way we've seen Finch get Noel on the floor more since the All-Star break is by playing him at small forward, actually. Specifically in lineups where McLaughlin is at point guard and D'Lo's at the two. I mean, those three, McLaughlin, D'Lo, and Noel, only shared the floor for six total minutes in the whole you know, 55 games or whatever it was before the All-Star break. Just tonight alone, those three shared the floor for seven minutes. I asked Finch about that sort of trio playing together uh, after tonight's game. And he said, that's just one of the ways they're just trying to force Noel out on the floor more. Finch said, quote, however, we can try to get some minutes and more minutes for him. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we've, we've talked before about how maybe the most ideal role for Noel's skill set individually would be kind of that Jam- Jamal Crawford type of role where the second unit is intentionally designed around his offense as the sort of primary offensive creator. And, but the reality with this roster is they don't have that role and they won't have that role on this current roster, just sort of given the rest of their personnel. And what's happened is that is oftentimes, of course, you know, left Noel on the outside of the rotation looking in. But by Finch doing this, like this is a step in the direction toward the, right, the the Crawford type of role. But I mean, this, the Wolves' second unit isn't all about Noel, but the second unit is becoming now all about making sure Noel is at least getting out there. And I think that makes sense on the premise alone of just the idea that Noel is a 
NBA caliber player that's deserving of minutes. But at the same time, I think it makes sense with an eye on the playoffs for the Wolves. Like you heard Finch talk there about how Orlando was like switching everything, you know, making the nature of the Wolves offense be more about attacking mismatches off of a switch in isolation. Well, that that's what the playoffs are all about. I mean, I think the idea of Noel in a playoff series, like to use a Wolves example, is like Derrick Rose, that series he had when the Wolves played the Rockets in 2017-18, just kind of like a bucket getter when the game is turning sort of up the need for tough buckets to be made in isolation. I mean, Noel has awesome offensive stats this year. Like according to Cleaning the Glass, Remove the Garbage Time, Noel is shooting 66% at the rim this season and 50% from mid-range while also having made 42% of his threes. I mean, that's a bucket. That, that's a player who you have to start tilting your defense towards or he's going to cook you. We'll take a break here. This game got really interesting late. The Wolves overcame the deficit in the second half and things were about even in the fourth quarter. We'll, we'll mix in this break here and then we'll get back, talk about what transpired late for the Wolves. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' nine-point win in Miami on Saturday night. Like I was saying, this game had a weird arc. It was 22-12 to when Cat picked up his third foul in the first quarter. Miami went on a 55 to 33 run that gave them a 12 point lead at halftime, which mean the, the Wolves sort of had to pick at this thing in the second half. And 
They did. They went on to win that third quarter by 15 points, fueled by five made threes by Malik Beasley and Torian Prince, which actually gave the Wolves a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And it was just from there kind of really back and forth right around even until crunch time. I thought the defense the Wolves played in that fourth quarter was, in my opinion, I think their best defensive quarter since the All-Star break in terms of just scrambling defense without leaving any big leaks. Like, I think the Wolves, we call it the scrambling defense, right? But I think that scrambling defense is at its best when it looks more like a scrambling flow. Not a chaotic sort of scramble, but a flowing scramble. The chaos kind of is what leaves you where all of a sudden somebody's wide open in the corner. When they're flowing from rotation spot to rotation spot, I mean, that's that's when this defense is what it was at the beginning of the season. I thought I thought that was the first time we've really seen that in quite a while from the Wolves. And what bigger time to have that than in that fourth quarter? But I thought the real defining play of the fourth quarter came on offense for the Wolves. One minute left in the game. Wolves were up 106-104. They had the ball looking for the dagger, and they found one. Uh, I'll let Anthony Edwards here describe that play that ended in a Malik Beasley corner three. Here's Ant. So Coach drew up uh, a play, and I had already told myself, like, soon I catch it, I'm going. I don't care who in front of me or how many people. So I kind of just caught it and went. And I was going to, like, try to finish through, like, a crowd, but I saw three people. And then I saw, like, the two best shooters on the team. I mean, beside Cat. Of course, Cat is the best three-point shooter in the world. But I saw two of the best shooters on the team. And I'm like, it's one dude in between both of them. Uh, make him make a decision. Swing TP. Swing, swing. Jeez. interesting with Edwards to watch how he plays versus listen to how he talks about effective playing. If that makes sense. He went on and on tonight about how when this team isn't selfish, they're, they're tough to beat. And even though I think Ant's style is kind of sort of the archetype of that role is more of the selfish scorer role, but I do really believe that's what he thinks. Just kind of the mentality of if everyone eats, then everyone eats. I still think he's trying to figure out how exactly to be the player that fosters that while also keeping up a, a necessarily high usage rate for him. And at times, obviously, that doesn't happen. But I do think that last play to Beasley is the perfect example of how to how to navigate that balance. Look for your shot first. There's a minute left in the game. You're the best penetrator on the team, so go. But if, but if it's not there, see the floor and make the pass. Take what the defense gives you particularly if what the defense gives you is a corner three from Malik Beasley. I mean, Beasley specifically, I think we've been getting a real important look at Beasley in different spots this past month. Obviously, we know his shooting has been on point. We don't need to run through those numbers again. Best high-volume shooter in the league over the past three months. 
But the important look I think we've gotten to see from Beasley in terms of who he's playing with is he's playing more with the first unit. I mean, with Ant missing some time and then guys like Pat Bev and Bando getting some rest nights mixed in, we've seen Beasley with that group more often. We're seeing him at the end of games. I mean, right earlier in the year when this, like, Beasley wouldn't play any later than, like, eight minutes into the fourth quarter. Starters would be back out there. But now I think we're seeing him help unlock the crunch time offense by not only being a floor spacer, but by being a shot maker in that role. I mean, think about that last play Ant was just talking about that led to the Beasley three. If you didn't watch the game, go check out the play. I, I posted the clip on Twitter. But on that play, it was Cat, Ant, and D'Lo running a three-man action on the strong side with Beasley on the opposite corner and Prince above the break. The defense, as Ant penetrates, collapses around him, which leads to the kick to Prince above the break and the swing to Beasley in the corner. Great play. But imagine if that's Pat Bev and Vando out there instead of Prince and Beasley, or if it's McDaniels and Vando out there instead of Prince and Beasley. I mean, one, if it's either of those pairings, that's not where those guys are going to be land, lined up, right? On the floor, if it's Vando and McDaniels out there, they're going to go flat, right? Vando will be in the dunker. McDaniels will be in the corner. And there would be probably no one above the break for him to even kick it to. He probably then just has to force the shot up through two or three people at the rim. And even if he is able to kick it to McDaniels in the corner in that setup, we're talking about a we're talking about Jaden McDaniels shooting a corner three versus Malik Beasley shooting a corner three. I mean, that's a whole different proposition. Which of course isn't to take anything away from McDaniels and Vanderbilt as players, the two of the most critical defensive pieces on this team, but they are offensive liabilities in that exact situation. Which all sets up for a good thing. It sets up for Finch having options late in the game. I think Beasley has earned Finch's trust to play in those situations because whatever he is giving up on defense compared to McDaniels, he's been making up for with the shooting, which also just sets you up for a nice sort of right offensive defense late in the game rotation, like sub McDaniels in when the ball stops before a defensive possession, put Beasley out there, play stops before an offensive possession. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about a closing lineup that has that can have different options. The team did not have that early in the season, right? Like, if the starting five wasn't giving you what you needed, that was all you got. Now that five can kind of take different shapes, which is very valuable in situations like this one, and it will certainly be a value come the playoffs. As Ant put it after the game, we got every piece we need, he said. Here's Ant. We just didn't want to lose. I think that's the difference, like, with us, like, we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to lose. We have a whole. We have a great game as a team. Jelly Noel had 16 points. Um, okay, yeah, Torian Prince had 11. Najri had 11. D'Lo had 14. Bees had 12. Cat had 15. Jaden had 14. I had like, when we when we not selfish, man, we're a hard team to beat. Like, and I tell them that all the time. When we're not selfish, bro. It's just becoming clear that some of the concerns we had about this team, this roster, in terms of, you know, size and one-way players fitting together, I mean, that has not been as big of an issue as we thought. I mean, is it a perfect roster? I wouldn't say that. But for Ant to be able to say that and to not be totally crazy, for him to be able to feel like he has enough, I think that's a testament to this group. Not just growing and getting better, but growing and getting better as a group. 
together. This roster fits together a hell of a lot better than I thought it would when this year started. All right, let's close tonight out with prize picks. I made six picks on the night, went three and three. Two of the three picks I got wrong were on Cat. I, you know, bet on a big game from him in Miami. I took the over on 21 and a half points, the over on 10 and a half rebounds. His foul trouble obviously limited him. He only played 25 minutes tonight, scored 15 points, only had 10 boards, missed those two. But I also bet on Ant for similar reasons. I took the over for Ant on 27 and a half points, plus rebounds, plus assists. He did only score 15 points, but he got there by pulling down eight boards and having five assists. And then with Malik Beasley, his over-under on points plus rebounds plus assists was at 19 and a half. I was kind of thinking like before the game, for him to get to that 19 and a half number, he would almost like need to make five threes. And Beasley's pretty much in the box score right now. He's pretty much threes and that's it. I mean, he did make four threes tonight, but he took no twos, took no free throws, only had three boards and one assist. So I wouldn't say he had a bad game, but his total was only 16, given that his only real impact you see in the stat sheet is in the three-point column. So we hit that under. And then with Bam Adebayo, his points plus rebounds plus assists was 37 and a half. And I was looking at that, and Kat's number was up there too for the same thing, points, rebounds, and assists. And it was only at 34 and a half. And that really didn't make sense to me. Why, why would Bam's be higher than Kat's? And I wouldn't say Bam had a bad game, but he only ended up getting to 35, 19 points, 12 boards, and four assists. He had a good game, but I think that over required a great game. So that was two and or three and two. I was winning. But then I also took the over on 16 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists for Duncan Robinson. He had a stinker finish with just three points and four assists. So overall, three and three on the night brings me to 145, 124, and 10 on the season. I hope those of you who are uh Playing prize picks had a little bit more success tonight on this one. And if you are not already playing prize picks, as always, fire up an account. They will give you a $100 sign-up bonus if you use the promo code DANE when you create an account at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks app. The Wolves not only won tonight, but they did finally get some help in the standings. Toronto went into Denver and won on Saturday night. That pulls the Wolves within one and a half games of the Nuggets for the sixth seed. There's still three behind Dallas for the five. But, I mean, I think they're definitely within striking distance here with 13 games to go. The Wolves and Nuggets are off on Sunday. Dallas does play in Boston Sunday afternoon. The Celtics take care of the Mavs. The gap there will be down to two and a half by Monday when the Wolves go to San Antonio. Denver plays in Philly on Monday. I mean, I think there's a world where the Wolves win on Monday in San Antonio and look at the standings on Tuesday and are only half a game behind the Nuggets for the six. And two and a half games behind the Mavs, or two games behind the Mavs for the five. You know, then, I mean, then things will get real interesting with the Wolves still having two more games on the schedule against the Mavs and one more game against the Nuggets. Let's get a little ahead of ourselves, one thing at a time. Next up for the Wolves, again, on Monday is the Spurs. I'll be back to talk to you after that one. Till then, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday night. How oh, I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah, yeah. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.